Welcome to the Equest podcast. This is a special edition. Conversations with and for the Irish authorized funds industry with your host, Daniel Lawler. This episode specifically is inspired by Funds Ireland Minicon, a virtual conference taking place week commencing the 2nd of November 2020 and for the funds industry. CP86, the final chapter, transforming challenge into best practice. RSVP over at www.fundsirelandminicon.com. Hello and welcome to the Equest podcast with me, Danny Lawler. If you're new to the Equest podcast, do hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast provider to keep up to date with all of the latest content. This episode of the Equest podcast is part of our Minicon series. So Funds Ireland Minicon takes place in the first week of November. It is free to attend. And believe it or not, there's an enormous free virtual goodie bag worth at this stage over 2000 euros for everybody in the audience. All you gotta do is register and attend at least one of the sessions and you get your hands on this amazing free goodie bag. To register, check out fundsirelandminicon.com and it's pretty straightforward there. Hit the RSVP button and you're in. Get your hands on the goodie bag. So the first day of the Funds Ireland Minicon, which is on the Monday, the 2nd of November, we're going to be talking about the regulatory landscape and, and we're going to be setting the scene for what is required of Irish mancos. Session two is on Tuesday, the 3rd of November, and it's going to bring on the conversation, moving on to looking at CP86 solutions, staff up or go third party. So for this podcast, I'm joined by one of the co-hosts of that second session, Nicola Garrity from AMX. And so I wanted to get uh, from Nicola a sense for what's going to be on the agenda for that second session, that CP86 solutions session. Uh, and so we chat about the options open to uh, legacy mancos, really, that the mancos that are around a little while that have very different models in terms of uh, staffing and substance, and where they're going to uh, change that model and, and get up the curve to something closer to what the new mancos are. Their options are their party or staff up in a nutshell. So we, we look a little bit about the types of questions that firms have when they're looking at the third party manco model and where their concerns are and where their focus is. Then we talk about the staffing up option and some of the challenges and benefits of going down that route as well. All on the agenda for that session on the 3rd of November. We do talk about the demonstrable value. So how do both third party or in-house mancos demonstrate that they're adding value to the funds and to the investment mancos that they're working with? All on the agenda for that session on CB86 Solutions at Funds Ireland Minicon on the 3rd of November. So let me shut up on this intro piece and let you guys get on with the podcast Thanks again to Nicola for her insights. Make sure you register for Funds Ireland Minicon at fundsirelandminicon.com. Catch you later. Hello, Nicola Garrity, and welcome to the Equest podcast. I understand this is your podcasting debut. It is indeed, Danny. <laughs> well, an avid listener, you. but not a partaker. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it. I know you're based in London. How has lockdown in London been? It's not been so bad, I guess, because uh, there's been an easing off. I mean, I was I was supposedly basing myself in London and Ireland, which hasn't quite happened since they started at AMX. But uh, but it's been fine. I think since things have eased, uh, everyone is everyone's getting back to some form of normality. Yeah, I know it's gradual, and you you it just is next during all of this fun and games. 
I did. Would you believe I joined on in February, February 24th, and uh, I was in the office for three weeks. So I did get to meet some of my colleagues and then we went to working from home. So, uh, so yeah, an interesting start uh, in the business. But, uh, but you know, when everyone's in the same boat, Danny, everyone was working from home. Uh, everyone had an understanding, I suppose, that we were all learning and, and working in very different environments. So, uh, so yeah, I think the fact that, that we were all in the same position really, uh, really helped in some ways. Oh, I think it did. When it comes to things like somebody having difficulty getting onto a webinar or getting onto a video conferencing or when the, the kid walks through the back or comes in looking for a drink of juice or something like that. I think because we're all in the same boat, there's a lot more yeah. and understanding for something like that than there may have been if, uh, uh, you know, a year ago, let's say. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we all laughed years ago when we saw um, the the footage of the reporter for the BBC um, and his kids flying into the room on the walker and uh, all the rest. And, and that's become a norm now. I mean, that was something that that happened. And we thought, wow, you know, God, that was such a, a thing to happen live on television. And now we're, we're used to that. That's part of life these days as, as we're all adjusting to, to the new norm. That's it. That's it. I tell me, you're an avid podcast listener outside of the Quest podcast. Have you any, any recommendations for our listeners? I, I'm probably more of a listener to podcasts on a personal basis. Um, so I'm big into fitness. So I listen to a guy called James Smith, who uh, who very much demystifies a lot that goes on in the fitness industry. Uh, but I'm also very much into leadership. And uh, I listen a lot to Brené Brown. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her, Danny. Yeah. Uh, but she talks a lot about vulnerability, uh, daring greatly. And, uh, and I suppose today, I'm hoping in this podcast that will just demystify uh, some things about CP86 but also uh, that, that other people will say that we're daring greatly here. <laughs> oh what a wonderful segue you're a natural Nicola. I know I know sure I had to start somewhere Danny. <laughs> so um, well, I wanted to chat to you mostly about Minicon, Funds Ireland Minicon on in the first week of November and yep. yourself and uh, Owen Motherway and AMX, you're leading the second session of the Funds Ireland Minicon, which we are is indeed. the 3rd of November, starting at 2 p.m. Irish time. And that session is really about CP86 solutions, staff up or third party is kind of the, the, the running title for that at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. so broadly, what can people expect from staff up or go home, staff up or third party session? Well, I suppose, look, um, Owen is, is great at covering the, the different options that are available to people um, at the moment. You know, we, be it, you know, leave the domicile, which we don't want, um, or set up their own Manco, or perhaps go down the third-party Manco route. And, and we're going to go through um, all of the different options. What I really want to cover a lot, though, is, is really helping people to identify the Manco, which is best for them as an investment manager. And I think that's where, where we, I, I guess, is, for me, I feel that there's something lacking there right now in terms of, of helping managers to get their heads around this, to, to really develop that kind of due diligence process and helping managers to make an informed decision in this space. And, and I suppose 
um, you know, many investment managers are, are looking at this and, and perhaps a lot of us are maybe saying they should have grasped the nettle sooner. I know that's one of your terms, Danny. But um, but for many, they're navigating on char chartered waters and yeah. they've appointed other types of service providers before, be it administrator, lawyer, auditor, but they haven't gone down this road. So it's yeah. very new. So. You know, and, and I feel that, you know, even for me coming into to this space, uh, joining AMX and, and looking at third-party mancos and, you know, what's out there at the moment, I had an interesting comment from a nine-ed recently saying, you know, that's the boring stuff, Nicola. You know, what else is there to talk about? You know, everyone's talking about substance. Everyone's talking about the same things. Can we just peel back the layers a little bit? And, and that's really what I'd like to do um, at the conference is, is really kind of strip this down and say, look, what are the questions? that you need to be asking here. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the context for all of this is where the CP86 review, uh, as we record, uh, it has been completed. We're awaiting the DRCO letter. We yeah. expect it in the next uh, couple of weeks. Personally, I expect that it will be the opportunity used by the regulator to pin those legacy mancos and self-managed investment companies that are around for a little while uh, and have a staffing and resourcing model that's very different and much less onerous than what you would see if a new firm along came along today. Mm -hmm. I close that gap. I think that the regulator will use this GSCO letter as the opportunity to to pin it to those legacy mancos and SMICs to move on and up their resources. So when they yeah. do that, there's a couple of options open to them. One of them yep. is staff up, obviously, and one of them is the third party mancos. So these conversations, yes. I think they've been going on in broad terms or in loose terms for a while. But I yeah. think that's going to, you know, the ante is going to be up significantly. And, and rather than it being a side conversation or, a, you know, general, it's going to be actually be down to business. And I know it is. the Mancos, you know, or to, to legacy Mancos, when I speak to them and we talk about options, we talk about third party Mancos. Mm. Some firms, you'd hardly get the words out of your mouth and it's just not a model that they're interested in. And others yeah. are much more open to it. So when you talk to, when you talk to firms and they, you know, yeah. managers and they've, they've got a legacy, uh, a legacy arrangement that they need to, they need to look again at the resourcing model. What are the top questions they have around, uh, you know, am I going to go down this third party route? What are the kind of things that they, that they don't know or they, they want to know more about? Yeah, I suppose some of the, the, the top items, I suppose, that hit the agenda is, you know, when they start to weigh up, you know, setting up my own Manco versus a third-party Manco. And, you know, I suppose there, there's a number of different challenges or questions that come up. The first is really, how long would it take me to actually set something like this up if I was to build my own versus appoint a third-party Manco? And, you know, it's not a quick route building your own Manco. You're looking at nine plus months and that's not even bringing into account, you know, staffing and, you know, building a relationship with the CBI and the build cost involved, regulatory capital. So yeah. I think when, when, when managers start to even just, as I say, peel back the layers, there are so many different elements to this that sometimes picking something off the shelf 
seems like a much more worthwhile option. So the types of things that, that we cover really are helping them to understand the types of costs involved, helping them to understand that, you know, you do need sufficient capital in place based on the assets under management. You do need sufficient staffing. Um, you know, there there is that expertise that's required as well, because let's face it, Danny, you know, the, the regulatory environment and the challenge now is that, you know, there's a lot more scrutiny of substance. There's a lot more capital requirements. There's a lot more internal controls required. And it's very difficult for investment managers to stay on top of all of this. So um, so once they kind of get their heads around, you know, what do I need to, to do? Then it becomes, you know, is this really a road that we want to go down from, you know, even a management perspective, but also a cost perspective? So if they go the migrate to a third party, man, mm. what kind of, is that a reasonably easy process? Is that a kind of, a, you know, because okay, there's paperwork involved, but is it a play yeah. type thing? Is it, how long does it take? Is it reasonably straightforward to do? It's reasonably straightforward. Um, you know, it takes one to three months. Um, you know, one of the things that we want to do at this minicon is we actually want to go through a case study um, of a multi-billion Malco that we actually brought on board this year, Danny. And what we do is we go through a four-phase four approach. Uh, the pre-launch, the design, the, as in the exchange between all the different ex uh, stakeholders, the build itself, and, and then the launch. So really breaking down you know what needs to be done but it's a very very simple process and in comparison to setting up your own manco uh, very very seamless and tell me this what uh, one thing that, that i always get asked is around costs so how how do you assess costs where you you go down this route of a, a third party manco and, and is that the first thing that you get asked or is that kind of is that <laughs> later into the conversation because it certainly usually comes up earlier rather than later when i talk to i talk to clients. as in pricing for manco um yeah. danny yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of people do ask about pricing and, you know, uh, and I think this is, is one of the, the things that that investment managers are looking at, obviously, you know, the different options. It's a lot cheaper to go down the third party Manco route, let's face it, um, because, they, you know, we have the staffing in place, we have the platforms in place to make this work, the technology, etc. Um, so, you know, the cost is 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 not even comparable to what you, you'd go through. I mean, we talk about setting up your own manco can be anything from three million plus, um, whereas you know we're talking about um, fees that are are very very different to when you're when you're looking at it in the third party manco space. Right, and uh, so let's just talk then about the other option here. So so yeah. setting up your own manco or, or staffing staffing up an existing manco and adding resources to it. I guess first thing you're thinking about is well staff. Where am I going to get them? How many do I need? Is yep. there, you know, is there a pool of talent there that they can drop on? Or are they all, all already occupied? Um, so I know that's a part of what you guys will be talking about in, in the session at Minicon, this element yep. of the labour market. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, um, when you're staffing up, you know, we all know that you need your six designated persons, but it's also a question of expertise, having the right substance there. And, and I think this is one of the areas that's going to be the area that probably evolves the most because substance, 
you know, has, has meant different things to different people over this period of time. You know, we've got people who are hiring out DPs who qualify that as substance. And I feel that that story is not going to be a story that's going to be played out going forward. Um, so, you know, when investment managers are looking at substance, you know, they're really looking to, uh, to get a management company that is structured in the right way, that doesn't have conflicts of interest, that has genuine substance in terms of staff and exp expertise. Yeah, and I think if you're a firm looking at the staffing uproot, I, I think you're right on the secondi front. Uh, I think it's a it's a model that gets put under a lot of pressure where the day time the time commitment is increased substantially from you know if you're if you're multiplying it by ten, then uh, it brings a lot of challenges both to the provider of the secondis in terms of having enough people to go around to do all of this, uh, give all these time commitments, and having right people. So I, I can see there'd be challenges there. But even Absolutely. And a war for talent really as well, yeah. you know, because everyone's looking for good people. But when the good people are already in place at a third party Manco, then, you know, you're off to a flying start. But if, if you are going out there looking for, um, for, for people at the moment, it's not going to be a question of quantity. It's going to be a question of quality. Yeah. And that's, that's a challenge. So I know, I know you're going to cover that in, in the session. Uh, Absolutely. Looking at that option of staffing up. And then there are other challenges like you would be, you know, even even in the work from home, you'd be looking at what your your office arrangements will be a little bit down the tracks when we get back to something that is more office-based. Might impact on your capital requirements if you're, if you're moving from a self-managed investment company to uh, a Manco, even, even a, an in-house Manco. But uh, having said that, that will be the right option for some firms. Uh, it will. It will. And look, we've already seen that already. Some firms have gone down that route. They've set up their own Manco and, you know, that's a decision that's right for them, but it won't be right for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. There's certainly, there's like everything costs and benefit. There's, there's certainly costs there, but if you're a larger player, let's say, and, and you want the, you know, you want the, the brand on your own Manco and the, the control and, uh, and everything that that gives you, then that's going to be right for, for some firms. Exactly. So I guess the, the last thing or, or one of the other things that's going to be covered in, in your session at Minicon is around demonstrable value and how yes. how mancos demonstrate that they're that they're worth worth what they're charging or that they're doing something that adds value to the proposition for the investment manager. Uh, yeah. what can you tell us about uh, about that topic? Well, I suppose one of the questions when, when we start to talk to investment managers, and, and it's always my starting point when, when they're trying to make a decision as to where they want to go, what type of third-party manco they're looking for, um, or who the provider should be, should I say. But um, for many, it will just simply come down to relying upon the skills and expertise of organizations who have that technical experience. And perhaps they're just looking to leverage off established market providers already located in Ireland. And, and that's great. Um, for others, I suppose there's going to be a bigger picture to this. And for many fund groups now, I guess they're realizing that um, there'll be a benefit to centralizing some of their functions to create economies of scales, maybe looking at more of a one-stop shop for all of their fund requirements. And, and I suppose a big part of what we're thinking about when we're talking to investment managers is some of these add-ons or what we call at AMX future optionality. And, and that's really thinking about what are the, I guess, the wider strategic benefits of partnering with the right um, Manco provider. 
and I suppose creating a significantly wider opportunity set and and I suppose where some management companies would be able to demonstrate value for money is that they're not only providing the substance, the skill base, the stability that is required of them from a regulatory perspective, but they're also be a, they'll also be able to have, I guess, this future optionality or add-on of a distribution, maybe that key differentiator that's out there in helping clients to market their products or gain access to particular countries or regulators. Um, and then, you know, also maybe tax, other areas that they might want to expand on in the future so um, so it's really that that kind of add-on perspective in, in terms of what else is there that I can tap into that I might need in growing my fund management platform in the future yeah and we all know that price is what you pay and value is what you get and I just wonder how much of that value conversation there is now and how high that is up on the list of uh, of things that investment managers want to talk to and get a handle on and my assumption is and you can you can prove me wrong yeah. here that with the work in the uk on value for money that it it is having a little impact in terms of being something that whereas it may have been in the background is now something further up the, uh, and further to the front of the minds of investment managers so so are value conversations something that happen all the time when investment managers come to look at the options available to them? Mm -hmm. I think it's it's happening a lot more now. Um, and I can certainly say, you know, we have been doing a number of meetings over the last few months with, you know, a lot of our esteemed colleagues in Ireland um, and service providers um, and also, you know, investment managers that are finding the, themselves in this position. And some of, I suppose, the, uh, surprisingly for me, when I when I first started doing the meetings was the biggest question was, what else is on offer? Is distribution available? Are these other items on the agenda? Um, so uh, there is, it's definitely on the table, Danny, and it's definitely there for discussion. So um, it's not a, a case of you know just pricing anymore and just the basic services yeah and i guess part of that then is understanding how does the fund management company do things like oversee delegates how involved in that and is that something then that really adds to my as the investment manager my compliance framework or or you know where does that land yeah so i was gonna say if you're if you are in the space of an in-house manco a, a uh, you're setting up or you're staffing up your own manco. Value for money is in incredibly important there as well, or particularly if you're going to be the staff in that management company. Um, I see, I think when I deal with those type of mancos, the ones that always impress me most are the ones where the leadership team in the new manco, uh, or the, the, the captured manco, are, are very conscious of the need to add value to the group. Because if that staffed up manco is just a compliance solution or a Brexit mm -hmm. play, for the organization, then you can imagine when there's a better Brexit play or a better compliance solution, uh, the need or the desire to have that company, we know that they're costly, starts to come under pressure. So uh, where I see the best of those uh, in-house mancos is where they're very conscious of doing more than just being a compliance solution and looking to see how can we contribute to the overall business. And maybe that's pulling the compliance business and being the, the center of excellence and compliance or distribution oversight or distribution management or, or whatever it is. But but even yeah. where it is, as I said, a, a, a bespoke or sorry, a capture manco, an in-house manco, you really need to have value as somewhere pretty close to the top of your list to under you know to make sure that you're you're doing something that adds to the group and that you're not 
the first to be caught when there's a better compliance solution. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Owen will probably cover a lot of this as well in terms of, you know, the reg tech and the investment in that. And and obviously that evidence of challenge, adding value all the time to the process as well. Um, so that there'll be a, a lot of different elements to value, not just from, you know, maybe a distribution perspective, but as you say, in-house also, you know, what what are they adding to the process? So it sounds like there's tons of content for your session on the uh, on the third of November, Tuesday, third November, two p.m. Uh, how how are you do? Oh, two hours, I think you have. <laughs> Serving time. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, great to have you uh, on the on the podcast, Nicola. Well done. First one out of the way, um, and I think it sets up very nicely the. Uh, attendees at the Minicon uh, to understand in this session what, we're, what, what they can expect, a good bit of discussion around the structuring options available to these legacy mancos and SMICs, and then a case study to really understand the, what, the, what they would let themselves in for if they went down the route of third party, but then also you're going to be looking at the, the staffing up option as well and what the labour market looks like and what it's going to cost and what the available talent is. So tons in there. Exactly. I mean, it's it's really going to be a great starting point for anyone who is looking at this and, and really wants to get a grasp of what does it actually entail. So we will be very much looking forward to the event and to uh, providing that information. Cool. Well, listen, anybody who isn't yet registered, do register to attend Funds Ireland Minicon. Registration is fee free even. There's an amazing free virtual goodie bag uh, for anybody who registers and attends. So Get your hands on that. You check out fundsirelandminicon.com to register and, uh, and also subscribe to the podcast so that you uh, are notified when the other podcasts in the series are dropped that give you an insight into the other sessions coming along at Funds Ireland Minicon. In the meantime, let me wrap it up there. Let me thank Nicola again for guesting on this episode of the Request Podcast. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Equest podcast, a special edition. Conversations inspired by Funds Ireland Minicon. RSVP at www.fundsirelandminicon.com. For more information about Equest or Daniel Lawler, visit www.equest.ie.